0: What gets you excited to wake up in the morning and get to work? Yeah. And if you can answer that question, actually, in your 20s, it can set you up, I think, uh, for massive professional success moving forward.
1: From Smoky, California, welcome to the Vision of the People podcast. A show about visionaries from various industries who share their inspiring stories and give advice to people wanting to make an impact on the world. As always, I'm your host, Rushi, like sushi with an R, and I know I've been away. You can probably tell there's lots going on in the world. I hope all of you, wherever you are, are safe and well. If you've lost your job and need help, reach out to me on my website, I am Rushi.com. I'd be happy to help if I can. And let's dive into today's episode. This episode was recorded last year, but out of some personal situations, I wasn't able to post it earlier. My sincerest apologies to you guys and Nikhil. Today, we're speaking with Nikhil Basu Basuturvedi. Entrepreneur, venture capitalist, board member, and biologist are just a few titles that he's held. He's led investments in consumer internet, enterprise software, and data services from Insight to Shasta Ventures. He was named in 2015 to Forbes 30 under 30 list. venture capital. He also co-founded Artsy, an online platform for discovering and collecting art. Today, Artsy employs over 200 people and has raised over $50 million in venture capital. Nikhil holds an A.B. in molecular biology with a certificate in finance from Princeton University, where he also won the Spirit of Princeton award. His thesis research focused on computational biology, human genomics, and the path towards personalized medicine. We had a wonderful chat up in San Francisco. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to another episode of Vision of the People podcast. I'm joined by a really incredible guest today, Nikhil Basutareli. Nikhil, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Rishi. Really appreciate you. So I'm going to dive right into the questions here. Uh, Number one, three continents, captaining a cricket team, studying molecular biology, founding an art discovery platform, starting an entrepreneurship club, and now giving way to some of the world-class startups in the Bay. That is quite a journey. Um, walk me through some of the inflection points that f- you feel got you to this point.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I feel like I should just have you give my background. That, that sounded <laughs> a lot more impressive than I actually think it is. Uh, great delivery. But um, look, there have been several inflection points for me that have led me into all this. Mm -hmm. I think the first is I was really lucky to be born into a family with, you know, parents who love me, uh, who are highly educated, uh, grandparents who are highly educated as well. And so I was just really lucky, um, you know, to have that when I was born. Uh, I think the second inflection point for me was when my family moved from England, where I was born, yeah. to the Bay Area. Okay. And so we lived here um, in, in Silicon Valley, and for me at age 13, I got exposed to entrepreneurship and technology at a very young age and at a very formative age. So I feel that was a key inflection point, and um, none of the rest of it would have happened had we not moved to the Bay Area, had I not been exposed to all of that. And then I think the third is, um, you know, in college, I started building relationships with people uh, who have now ended up being um, supremely helpful, you know, for my career. Mm -hmm. I I took risks to work on projects of my own, but I got to know people and build relationships with them um, that have continued now for many years that have been very helpful for me. And so I think just Um, that process of getting to know people and building relationships started for me when I was in college and uh, when I look back in hindsight uh, that was a key inflection Okay, wonderful, wonderfully put one of the
1: things that I really look up to you in terms of role model and why I feel like you really have those points is similar story where uh, I moved here from India Mm -hmm. when I was 7 or Mm 8 and so you have that cultural differences and And I remember my first foray or look into entrepreneurship was, uh, the lemonade stand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember having that there and selling it to people and, you know, hustling and trying to get those quarters. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's one of those feels like, I think you're, you're humble in that sense and you keep it very like straightforward. Like a lot of people don't realize, uh, and, and I think this kind of goes along with a mindfulness that's happening lately, uh, that people realize what you have versus
0: what you don't have. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, I think um, there's, I, I I very much felt like an outsider moving yeah. to the Bay Area. And, you know, I remember in eighth grade, the first year I was in the U.S., you know, I had this much stronger British accent than I have now. You know, I didn't really look like everyone else in my okay. class. Um, I didn't go to a super diverse school. Uh, um, so I knew I was an outsider. Yeah. And... As an outsider, I was probably able to see things just differently, you know, I saw like, oh my gosh, all the stuff happening in Silicon Valley is amazing. But versus all these kids who had grown up here, uh, who probably took a lot of that stuff for granted, I did not, you know, I saw how incredible it was. And so, you know, I, I didn't have the maturity at the time, but when I look back in hindsight, I've really benefited from being an outsider, from having that lens that's just different from others and i've actually really enjoyed it yeah it's just it's just it's like you can only
1: connect the dots looking back right the great steve Jobs said that (laughs) um and so transitioning to to now what you're doing as interesting background as you've had you are what you're doing now is just as interesting if not more you know, walk me through you know, what your daily routine looks like and what some of the best practices we can all use.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm a partner here at Shasta Ventures. We're an early-stage-focused venture capital fund, mm-hmm. and I wake up every day excited to get to work. I mean, okay. that's kind of always been my North Star career metric, okay. and, um, and the reason that's the case for me is I get to meet entrepreneurs and think about new investments, uh, when we're excited about those companies. I do spend my day uh, doing diligence on, on those yeah. potential investment opportunities. Um, you know, A lot of my day is spent on helping the portfolio companies that I'm involved with. Uh, I was on the phone earlier today with one of the founders that I work with. I, okay. I'm on the board of his company and we were chatting about a couple of the current challenges that we're facing and how we address those in the next several weeks. Uh, And so that's a big part of my job. Um, And then another part of my job is just, you know, doing, you know, things like this podcast that I think about as kind of investing in the future of my business. You know, you never know what something like this will lead to in terms of uh, the brand that that we build and the types of people that could reach out down the road. Uh, you know, helping you, uh, Rishi, in your career and what that could lead to down mm-hmm. downstream. There's an element of luck and surprise uh, and randomness to our job as venture capitalists because you never know where that next great investment is going to come from. And so I think you do need to do things like this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I try to do that, uh, you know, on a very regular basis as well. So hopefully that gives you a sense for. Some of the stuff that comes up for me every day.
1: That 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 sounds awesome, and we definitely do appreciate it on behalf of all my listeners. Certainly, you giving us your precious time. Um, let's 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 go back. You know, I want to I want to turn turn the dial back here from the Indian kid uh, who made website <laughs> after website, as you said yourself um, at Princeton, um, to that Nick Hill leading the entrepreneurship club. You know, what was Nick Hill like back then?
0: Yeah. um, i think I think you know I hope the core of who I am has remained relatively the same over the years, but the nickel back then was pretty fearless. I mean, I was reaching out to Princeton alums cold yeah uh, to sort of help them or to get them to help me in helping build the entrepreneurship club on campus so yeah. for instance i I remember cold reaching out to Brian Schreier, who's a partner at Sequoia Capital. Okay. I looked at the at the Sequoia website. I saw he's a Princeton alum. I actually didn't realize he had just joined Sequoia. Okay. But I reached out to okay. him. I nice. also to come speak at an event that we were doing in the Bay Area that summer of 2008. Uh, you know, I did a lot of that back then. Okay. And I didn't I didn't think about you know the consequences yeah. and the relationships that would get built over the years. But my mentality was I'm a college student. I can kind of get away with anything right now. I'm yeah. just going to go do it, and um, and actually that that mentality, in some ways, I wish I still had as much fearlessness uh, uh, as I had back then. Okay. Um, you know, there's definitely an energy that one has uh, as a really young person uh, that is hard to maintain for many many years. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely had that that mentality back then.
1: Well, it's fascinating that you say that. In terms of energy, I mean, I would say... Would you say it's the responsibilities on your shoulder now? Like, that you got work and college, you're just... You know, a lot of trial and testing. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say no. Um,
0: yeah, look, I was really lucky, again, to not have much responsibility back then. Yeah, um, yeah I wasn't taking out student loans. Yeah, okay. Uh, I wasn't supporting anyone else. Yeah. And so, all I could do was just focus on myself yeah and you know in college i wasn't thinking about you know where the next meal is going to come from right. or any of these things it's yeah. all it's this perfect environment or it was for me to just do whatever i wanted to do um and so i was you know I, I worked on so many different projects of my own yeah uh i was really willing to just try stuff and work with all sorts of people people that i ended up knowing really well, people I didn't know well at all, who I never got to know really well. But um, I did spend time with a lot of different types of people at college. Okay. And okay, so speaking to that, what was your like
1: mindset? You said you were fearless. But when I say mindset, it's like, right now, I'm I'm a fairly recent grad when when you go through college, as as most of us, you look at, okay, I need to get a job. And like your friend group is like all Serious, like I gotta, yeah. you know, got a pass, and
0: like my family's yeah. what was that, you know, dynamic looking like? You know, I don't know exactly where this came from in hindsight. Maybe it was just me looking around and seeing at other colleges people were starting companies, you know, social network movie came out when I was in college. Yeah, but I definitely had the mentality going into college and during my time at Princeton, yeah, that I was going to work on startups and okay. that that was probably the best possible use of my time okay. because of this lack of responsibility, this lack of needing to make money, this mm-hmm. lack of needing to support myself. Um, I just viewed it as the best possible time for me to work on my own startup ideas. Um, the other thing is I, I remember um, I wanted to learn things in college that I thought it would be hard for me to learn after oh, I got right. out of college. Okay. So, for example, I ended up studying molecular biology, and one of the reasons for that for me was I thought I'm never going to no be able to learn organic chemistry and biochemistry and like <laughs> take genetics, um, do that stuff, except in college. Yeah, yeah. Other subjects like economics or even <laughs> computer science, I could actually keep doing after college, but, and I could learn more about just from reading and just from doing. But I felt like molecular biology is something I could only learn in college. So hopefully that gives you some insight into how I was thinking about it back then. Yeah. No,
1: that's a great way of thinking. I did not follow that, Uh, unfortunately. (laughs) And Uh, that's okay,
0: too. You know, at the end of the day, one of the things I've learned about careers is the best careers are, by definition, outliers. Yeah. And you do something different. You do something unique. You do something that's true to, to you. Yeah.
1: And it's like there's no set path. Exactly. Cool. So talking about PATH, you are now an investor and mostly in invest, investing in consumer-oriented businesses. Um, what You know, you said you've spoken with multiple people when you were in college, and now you still continue to do that, having multiple call with founders. How do you see the consumer behavior and interaction changing, and, and where do you learn from? So say um, if people are shifting towards one way or another, how are you picking up on that? Walk me through that.
0: Yeah, well, the great benefit from my job is I'm meeting entrepreneurs, you know, every day okay. who are working on something interesting, who are themselves seeing consumer behavior change okay. or trying to affect that change by coming up with something new. okay. And so where I learn from really is the conversations that I get to have in okay. this seat as an investor with so many entrepreneurs. You know, I also learn from just Talking to my friends, my family, people from different walks of life, yeah. and seeing what they're gravitating towards, what they're using, what they're learning about uh, as a proxy for what's happening out there in the world. Mm-hmm. But you can really see it when you dig into a business and see the, the data on consumer usage. Um, that starts to give you a sense for, uh, for how behavior is changing. And that's a real privilege that we get to have as investors.
1: How does that relationship look like to, to follow off on that? So, you're saying you have a seat at the table and you're listening to the, to the entire evolution of the company or whatever you're solving. Are you fairly vocal at that point? Seems like you're very much an observer in, in the family relationship that you're talking about and learning from other people. Is it the same way, or do you ever give your input there too?
0: You know, I just I think if you are a venture capitalist, something yeah. you have to enjoy doing is asking questions hmm. and it's probably the number one thing that you learn also in this job is how to good ask questions. good questions, how to get to the bottom of the truth um, about something yeah. uh, and also just how to very clearly see uh, something when you are presented with evidence. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Matt Kohler at Benchmark who said, uh, venture capitalists' job is to see the present clearly, not to predict the future. and I very much operate with that mentality you know when I'm when I'm seeing data on a business and just seeing consumer adoption learn from that and and uh, understand that that's what's happening here that there's a clear trend that's driving this Mm -hmm. Um, that's a lot of what I think about and so you know there there are I think you know there are a bunch of ways in which consumer behavior and interaction has been changing in the last few years you know we've seen um a, a real interest in privacy, okay, and yeah. um, how someone's data is being used, uh, how my own data as a consumer is being used. I think that's a shift that we're going to continue to see manifest itself in the next communities and networks that get built. So that's one sort of trend, broad yeah. trend that, that that I'm thinking about right now. Uh, another is look like the millennial population that was that has been a digital native yeah. is now growing up. Yeah. And that population is having kids. Uh, that population uh, has a lot more money than they did 10 years ago. And so they're spending their money at different brands and in different places than mm-hmm. the generation above them. And so that's influencing a lot of interesting new uh, products and services that that are, are growing quickly. Those are just two of the many things that I think about
1: quick thoughts on the, on the face app that's been trending
0: recently, (laughs) Man, the face app is fascinating. Um, I'm really worried that there's, uh, potentially a data issue with it, uh, as you might've seen in the news. So I personally haven't used it. I haven't either. Uh, (laughs) for that same reason. Um, but again, it's interesting to see something so simple like that capture the imagination for so many people. Absolutely. Uh, and it's because I think, number one, the product works pretty well. Uh, people look at the, the output of what they look like uh, as a much older person and they think, whoa, that actually is maybe what I'm going to look like. Yeah. And, so, and then the other reality is that we have these networks like Instagram and Snap and Facebook and Twitter and others that are so highly penetrated now that when you start sharing uh, this type of, uh, image yeah. it can spread organically quicker than ever before yeah it's like wildfire it's crazy it's insane
1: cool so so fascinating talk so far you've it's phenomenal learning a lot so you you said you're surrounding yourself by some remarkable folks in your life whether it's your personal life or professional life what's what's the best piece of advice you've ever received that you always pass down
0: yeah you know i think a lot of people have told me this including some of the great investors of our time, venture capital investing requires patience and it requires really being in it for the long term. And so in terms of professional advice, I think that's something that I constantly think about myself that I pass on to others who ask me for advice who Mm -hmm. are in the venture business because there's a natural short-termism in our industry, and I think you know for all of us as young people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know hopefully I still qualify no as a you do you do you person. do but you know I think there's a desire to like you know be successful quickly yeah, and yeah. prove yourself really quickly. just the physics around our industry in venture make that very, very difficult you know we we are playing the really long game here uh, in terms of the companies that we invest in and when they ultimately get realized as as returns, um, and I've really tried to internalize that. That's why I've been at Shasta for seven years. I've been trying to be heads down, building my own track record, investing in great companies, being really helpful to them, and I'm playing a really long game. Uh, so that's something that I I, I passed down. Well, that's,
1: that's, I think that's fascinating advice and are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk by any chance?
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so and
1: have you heard of his take on this as well? I don't think uh, I... I don't know that yeah. I have. You Well, let's just say you hit 99% of what he says for <laughs> life advice. Oh, interesting. Uh, for, for our generation. I'll put you in my generation as well because you're not very much older than my, myself. So w- he says the same thing where it's like, you know micro action and macro patience because mm. people nowadays okay. want instant gratification and then we see instagram testing the whole like right. buttons and taking them out because um the 10 second tiktok video people just want instantaneous yes. results yes. um and so our generation or the upcoming generation they want everything so quickly that you know yeah. they don't even think that 10 years down the road it'll be different yes um yes. And, yes. and this concept of living forever is also another one that fascinates me, where um, where you're 22, 18, or whatever, right now, you think that's going to carry on forever. Yeah. So bad habits now, whether it's you know health wise or mentally, anything, uh, they don't think in terms of like this is this is all temporary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, Gary summarizes that much more concisely than I did. No, it I captures think he's the same sentiment. I think. That's,
1: no. That's cool. You said it in a in a, in a, in a venture capital context, yes, which I also yes. think is fascinating. Cause but his is for life. Which his is for life. But in your sense, I it's very hard to find venture capitalists um, who think in a similar sense. Hmm. Um, I've had the pleasure of, of interviewing a few other folks. And, and a lot of it it's like finding the next trendy thing. And like what are people like studying the movements. But it's never like we're here for the long game like humans aren't going anywhere if anything we're going to mars or moon right Um, right so it's not gonna (laughs) go anywhere um cool so so let's transition based on that we were talking about mentality now let's transition to to critical skill sets that you think people in their 20s i mean i think you just turned 30 Mm -hmm. not too long ago so this year yeah so you're right there with
0: us so what, what, what do you pass down to to us Well, there's a book called The Defining Decade, which is about your 20s, which I encourage everyone in their 20s to read. I wish I had read it early in my 20s. Okay. Um, And that has a bunch of information that I think can be helpful to answer this question. So to me, the biggest thing to figure out in your 20s is what gets you excited to wake up in the morning and get to work. Yeah. And if you can answer that question, actually, in your 20s, it can set you up, I think, uh, for massive professional success moving forward. Because, unfortunately, especially I think in this generation, it's harder than ever to for for, for talented young people mm-hmm. to figure out exactly what they want to do yeah. and exactly who they want to be. Yeah. So, in some ways, like that's the question to answer. Right. In your twenties. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of skills. Uh, around that, yeah. that that one can develop yeah. you know the skill of asking great questions yeah. is is I think a, a hugely important thing to develop because that indicates the kind of intellectual curiosity that can stick with you for life and be really beneficial in all phases of your life
1: to, to develop I want to interject I'm sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to really expand on this to develop this so you're saying this is not like anyone can learn it how, what are, like, the actual ways to learn? Is it just ask more questions, or is it, like, uh, read more about it? Like, you know, how do you actually develop that?
0: Yeah, I think you can develop it from, you know, the best way in which you learn. Okay. So so some people learn best by talking to people. Okay. Other people learn best by reading. Reading. Okay. Other people learn best by writing. Right. Um, but I think a, a part of, you know... Figuring out for yourself kind of what gets you excited to wake up every day is having the curiosity to answer that question. And I think I, I, I tried to give you kind of three different ways yeah. to do that. You know, yeah. I think for you, uh, you're doing a, an interesting combination here of learning by talking to people. Yeah, uh, You're getting to ask questions yeah. as a podcast host. I yeah. think that's going to be supremely beneficial for you. I also learn by talking to people in, in many ways. That's, okay. that's a lot of my day-to-day job, as yeah. I explained earlier. Um, but I learn differently, and I learn as well, from writing and from reading. Uh, and I learn, too, from answering questions as I am right now, uh, and not
1: just asking them. Favorite favorite articles or anything that you kind of follow on a daily?
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I, I read a lot of the standard newsletters uh, increasingly... I've become a fan of Ben Thompson's writing. Yes. Strategy. Yeah. yeah. That's what I call it. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's, it's strategy it. or strategy is what I say. Okay. Um, we have to ask Ben to we'll find out to how to him. pronounce it. But uh, what I like about that is it's rare to find in depth writing that is, you know, new, that, that has its own sort of take. Um, and I appreciate that about what he does.
1: Yeah, to to add on to that, the reason I like him um, from my perspective on this side of the table is that it's almost from a first principles point of view. Yeah. So it's not like – I see a lot of writing these days where – I I learn a lot from reading as well – where I see a lot of people just jump on ships and like, AI is trending. Okay, AI is trending because – um, you know, there's been a over quarter over quarter, there's been 26% raise in fundings in AI companies, and that's why it's trending. Mm-hmm. Versus Ben really actually gets to the core of it, saying there was a microchip that was developed that allows a processor to go 10, 10x right. what it was previously. I mean, that's right. just an example, but right. uh, that actually tells you something. Okay, that microchips are getting higher, so now right. you can make a good presumption that... Um, autonomous
0: vehicles might be possible right. sooner than later or yeah. things like that I think fundamental analysis yeah. that he does um, and that's really the first principles thinking yeah. it's really impressive and particularly how he dissects business models Yeah, um, and so I, I, I learn from that on a very regular basis
1: his distribution one is really good yeah, yeah I think that's his flagship one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool well that was a great tangent actually for a lot of people to <laughs> to check those out I'll post the links as well Um, so you spoke about the book, Mm. um, what, you know, tangible advice in terms of people into their twenties wanting to make an impact on the world. So this isn't directly about the mental thing we spoke about. Let's talk about, you know, uh, you were talking about finding things for people to do. Yeah. So. I think a lot of times people forget I certainly do and when I say a lot it, it certainly includes me I'm not including myself out of there uh, to find the things that you know you're passionate about so for you yeah. you found you know you were an entrepreneur but entrepreneur turned VC now yeah yeah. no I
0: th- look I think I think that is the key in your 20s So I think you can only make an impact on the world if you have something that excites you yeah to get out of bed every day to work on mm-hmm. and I am lucky because early in my 20s, I had the chance to try this venture capital thing. Yeah. And I found, wow, I, I love it. Like I really enjoy waking up and getting to go through this routine of meeting entrepreneurs and learning about their businesses and then ultimately investing in those companies. And I think that by doing that, I can have an impact on the world. And I think that I have a chance of being really good at this and, and those are the ingredients that can actually enable me to have an impact. But I think okay. the key is for young people to find that thing that gets them excited. Um, because to me, that's the only way that you're going to actually have an impact on the world.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that's a good way to put it. I'm going to dive one step deeper. Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> so for you to experience that, it was... <clears throat> sorry. It was the internship, I believe, that, w- or that was one
0: factor. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was... I had the chance to intern at Insight Venture Partners. Before that, I realized in hindsight that <clears throat> I was thinking like a VC, even okay. when I was starting my own ideas. Yeah. Because I was you know, looking at other products and analyzing them and thinking about what was good about them and what wasn't as good about them. So for instance, I'll never forget uh, signing up for Dropbox during college and that magical first time user experience with Dropbox where suddenly this folder appears on your computer that automatically gets backed up to the web and everything you drop into it gets automatically backed up and... Could go to that, you know, the web browser anytime, any time and, whoa, you never have to use, you know, uh, a thumb drive thumb again. <laughs> and I remember being blown away by that first time user experience. Okay. So I wrote it down as the type of experience that I want to build wow. into my own products.
1: Interesting.
0: But I was also analyzing the Dropbox product okay. in a similar way to what a VC would do. Okay. So what I realized in hindsight is I was starting to think like a VC before I got the job. And then for me, the, the light bulb, you know, went off as I was meeting VCs and raising money, um, to one day have the chance to be on the other side of the table, uh, sort of became increasingly attractive. Um, so yes, that's, that's kind of how I found it. And then by doing, by just giving it a chance, um, you know, I, I, uh, I learned that this is something that I really enjoy doing. So tasting it, like actually yeah.
1: seeing if this is
0: something. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, yeah, the tactical thing that young people could do is if they have, if you have something that interests you, figure out how how to explore that interest through an internship or a job and think about this North Star of, can I foresee myself working on this every day? and being excited to get to work
1: yeah one way i think someone told me i can't remember but it's been used everywhere is would you do it if it was for free Mm -hmm. or if you weren't getting paid
0: yeah i think that's a great that's a great mental model to have and i would do this what i do every day for free there's no question in my mind about it just because it's intellectually stimulating um i feel like i'm having an impact uh I feel like I, I can be good at it, and sort of all those ingredients come together. I want to I want to talk about
1: so, so that that's great to to lead off that point. I want to talk about the back door. So even getting more tactical. So we talk about internships or getting jobs. Yeah. But now because and this is something you alluded to in the tycon is that you know find a way to get in the room. Yeah. Um. You know you can say that i'm in the room right here through that twitter tweet by the way guys uh nick hill responded to a a tweet uh to a cricket (laughs) game and so that's why i'm here but it was just shooting my shot and he was humble enough to give me this opportunity as well so to 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 talk on this where it's like how do you get access to that like for me and and I'm, i'm fairly been vocal with all the people that are really close to me i'm like Guys, just cold email like it really works. Like yeah. Steve Jobs is right. Like, uh, like just yeah. cold like. But back then, people used to call. Yeah. Now everyone has email. Yeah. If your email is good enough, or it's to the point, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, most people
0: will at least respond. Yeah, they'll respond if you are doing something different, especially mm. if you're unique in some way. Okay. Right. So, so I think if you. Can position yourself as an outlier okay. on some dimension okay you just increase your probability massively of getting a response of getting in the door okay and you can position yourself that way by having a podcast yeah or by writing in a certain way right or um you know by maybe you know a video series that you do like whatever it is right if it's clear that it's something that you also enjoy doing, right, it'll just happen naturally and it'll be more authentic. Okay. Um, and the thing about people who could ultimately become your mentors, yeah, is if they have that mentality, then almost certainly mm-hmm. they've had mentors that have gotten to them to that stage. Yeah, yeah. And so many people like that are willing to pay it back, yeah, or pay it forward. However you want yeah, to think
1: yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, okay, so I'm gonna throw a curveball, and then I'll get back to this. Is, then, do you think, do you think this concept of let's grab a coffee is that like, uh, is that like old now, or is that not, is
0: that time waste? I think let's grab a coffee is hard because we all have pressures on our time, right? And you know, there's only so many people who we can fit into every day yeah and so again it just has to be something a little bit different there has yeah. to be some reason to do it beyond just um you know uh pure kindness on yeah the, the person who's taking the time yeah um so that's what i would think about if if i if i were in you know people like your shoes and you did a great job at it just by uh reaching out and why do you well, know you even he's in. gonna win yeah, well, so. <laughs> yeah, but but showing that we had a mutual interest, yeah. and then yeah. saying, "Hey, you know, would you be on my podcast?" And yeah. I was in a good mood, and yeah. and so you know, of course, I said yes. Yeah.
1: Well, that was really kind of you, and I really do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that's I always, I always that's one of the things I always promise to the people that end up on the show as well that whatever content that I take here and the things I'm learning, I always promise to pass it forward. Yeah. Um, and so again, I'm deeply thankful. Um, and I want to wrap this up here we, we, we still got a few minutes here but I want to talk about someone very close to you um, which was honestly a phenomenal individual ever since I found out about her uh, your grandmother uh, who was an eclectic writer and her story has been phenomenal and her father uh, was also an incredible individual um, from India You know, one of the things I really liked about her the most was the philosophy her take on life uh, which I certainly see some characteristics in you um, you know, she was always being grateful for... She's always preached from her writings uh, to be grateful for what you have and wanting to keep it simple. Um, you know, what is what is your vision for the world? And I know you told us about what keeps you going. Um, like, you you love your job, but, like, what, you know, how do you wish
0: to change it? What is your vision for the world? Well, first of all, I appreciate you bringing up my grandmother, Dima, um, and thank you for reading that Medium post that I shared Uh, After she passed away, it includes, um, you know, something that she wrote uh, for us grandchildren. And she did have an amazing life and a real impact on me. Um, So, you know, it's hard for me to answer what my vision for the world is. What I can say is that what keeps me going is I think there are a number of fundamental issues of our time it's issues like climate change, uh, income and educational inequality, access to health care. Uh, there are a number of issues, and I've tried to invest in some companies as well that address these issues that uh, I think are going to be fundamental issues for our society moving forward that I do hope to have an impact on. And I hope to see uh, improve by by the time, you know, my career ends uh, and and so that's how I think about it uh, you know I don't have a, a, you know a vision for what what I want the world to look like so yeah. in some ways I feel it's impractical for me to have that um, but you know I, I feel like what I need to have is a sense for some of the challenges that the world's gonna have mm-hmm. and be able to be part of the solution to those uh, in some of the companies that I invest in the people that I spend time with uh, the energy that I put in and resources that I put into um, projects in, in my life. Uh, so that's how I think about it. But, uh, you know, my, my, my grandmother's life philosophy of just being grateful for what one has, uh, taking every day as it comes, focusing on the few things that matter, actually, like one's health yeah and uh, you know the people you care most about in your life, um, those are the things that i I do think a lot about uh, it's the micro things that i I think a lot about and try to control because the macro things frankly are outside of your my control. control yeah I read so I mean to, to go off this because it is uh, uh, a really
1: moving um, you know way to put it. Um, uh, talk about worrying and stuff i was watching some video and like everyone is these days um totally cliche but there was a there was some guru who was talking about why people worry and he's he's like solving it and he talks about um uh, can you do you have you know can you take action to fix it mm-hmm. yes then why worry mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> can you do something about it no then why worry right so so yeah yeah that's
0: that resonates
1: and it's just so simple. It's like, wow. Like, you know, sometimes you just need to see perspective from other people. Um, and, and this is why I do the podcast like this. And this is why people have been supporting me so much since day one is that uh, it's not so much about. It's about understanding um, the guests on what they do on a daily. So conversations like this to just give perspective. Most of the time, it's like uh, my mom always tells me um, because we're bringing family in. I'm going to bring my mom in as well. <laughs> of like whenever I used to be younger, or even in college, when I used to say like, "Oh, that's not how it works," he's like, "You're like a fish in a pond, or a frog in a pond, where it's like you know the pond so well, but like in reality, you're just in a pond. Mm-hmm. The ocean's like that's you're that's something different." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's one of the things I feel lacks, and that's one of the things I guess you're definitely helping, aid, solve, and giving perspective out there because the VC culture uh, is definitely seeing something like elite or um you know this this above everyone else and controlling some areas but now through this certainly through our conversation here it's like nikhil's just another individual who wants to solve some of these problems yeah
0: yeah and i i do think there's become a glorification of venture capital and venture capitalists yeah talk about it that that. is unhealthy i yeah. mean number one so many businesses shouldn't raise venture capital to grow yes they they don't you know they don't need it to become a really good business yeah. and venture capital is a specific asset class a specific specific type of financing that's required for you know businesses that have the chance to be really big but isn't required for the vast majority of businesses yeah. so i think it's it's become unhealthy to glorify us and our industry um, you know, for that reason, do we have a, an impact and an outsized impact uh, relative to how small the industry actually is? Absolutely, but uh, it's unhealthy to glorify us because at the end of the day, all we are is you know servants of the limited partner capital that we've raised, yeah. as well as the entrepreneurs yeah. who we invest in, yeah. and we're we're sitting in the middle uh, yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and, and as I said before. It's really the entrepreneurs that are creating the future, yeah all we're doing is enabling them, and we're hopefully helping them see around corners and doing everything we can to help them be successful, yeah. but they're very much the protagonists
1: yeah uh, see, I love that it's just like you just like said it like no one like says what you just said like on on a blog <laughs> post. in fact, what we were talking about, you know, I think it, it, we won't dive into that, but it definitely got heated where some entrepreneurs said we won't take money from VCs mm-hmm. and that sort of blew up, but
0: uh, yeah, I love, I
1: love the transparency, and this is why I think you make a phenomenal guest on this show. To move on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> let's do a quick 30-second round. Okay. I'll just say two words, uh, and you give one answer. Okay. And try to make them quick. You don't have to make them quick, but uh, you can if you want. So, number one, Facebook or
0: LinkedIn? Oof. LinkedIn for my job. Bizarrely, it's still super valuable. I mean, I don't know what I would do without LinkedIn. Really? Oh, I find
1: that interesting because I, I don't. I think the opposite.
0: <laughs> That's fine. But
1: we'll keep that for
0: another day. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. Uh, you know, I just, I think Instagram is now where I get to really follow the people close to my life. Okay. Uh, you know, my friends and family. Yeah. Uh, Twitter's great, okay. but, you know, it, it's it's more professional and it's more, you know, showing off. I actually think Instagram is more people's real selves now. Uh, really? Than Twitter, where I think, you know, people tweet something as more of a facade. It's interesting. It's something I've been thinking a bunch about.
1: Interesting. Well, I agree on both. Uh, I just think Instagram might be more fake, but
0: that's, mm, little, like yeah. I said. They have Instagrams. Huh? You have Instagrams as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fake Instagrams. <laughs> uh android or ios ios okay. been a user for for a long time okay all right fair enough apples or oranges i'm more of a fan of oranges uh you know i just i just enjoy eating oranges and uh yeah as, okay. as a person <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: thought you would say apple because you picked ios but
0: uh, well. <laughs> uh sweet or spicy oh man this is so hard because i have a sweet tooth and i also have a spicy tooth i think um i'll have to go with spicy yeah uh because sweet is increasingly unhealthy okay uh for for me and probably for everyone yeah okay that's really good uh money or free time um man i wish i had more free time right now yeah Uh, i'm gonna have to go with free time okay good one uh book or ebook book you know I still think there's nothing that compares to a physical book do you still mark it up or did you ever mark it up I I used to mark it up I don't mark it up um today but I do do still love reading a physical book copy
1: okay vintage or modern
0: modern I think my my design taste is increasingly modern okay uh and um yeah Okay. Sunrise or sunset? I love sunsets. Okay. Um Yeah, yeah. i okay. seen some spectacular sunsets. Okay. Google or Bing? Google.
1: Uh, okay, just wanted to make sure I'm last <laughs> one. Tennis or cricket?
0: Oof. I mean, cricket's my first love, so um, I have to say cricket there. Okay.
1: Were you a bowler or batsman? I was both growing You're all up. Ra- everyone says I- everyone, all round. Everyone's an all-rounder.
0: <laughs> you know, we're all... Uh, we're all undifferentiated stem cells back then. Uh, I never made it to be good enough to figure out if I was a better batsman or bowler. Um. Okay.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Nico. I think it's been, I've had a phenomenal time on the show.
0: Uh, Really do appreciate it. And we wish you all the very best. Thank you. And you're super impressive. I just wish you all the best in your own career. uh, Here to help you. And this was a super enjoyable hour for me. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Let me know what you thought. Your feedback really means a lot to me. I'll have Mamba finish this one out. Have a good time. Enjoy life. um, Life is too short to to, to get bogged down and be discouraged. um, You have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, smile, and just keep on rolling.